Today, we talk to David Arquette about his return to wrestling and his ill-fated run as WCW champion. We've got an insane Survivor Series to preview, and we're going to pack in a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh my God. You've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting for this one. There is a lot to talk about this week. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. I know we always talk about the fact that there's a lot to talk about, but my God, the lead into this pay-per-view Survivor Series this weekend is absolute chaos. Who would have seen it going this way? Not me. That's for sure. Absolutely not me. Uh, A lot to go over. So this is probably the most chaotic build to last minute build to a pay-per-view since what was it TLC that Kurt Angle had to jump in for that AJ Styles had to take the place of of Bray Wyatt remember when when they came down with I don't know what it was the mumps or whatever and they had to replace a bunch of opponents at the last minute and they ended up building dream matches well that's what's going on at survivor series man i i, I, I we'll get into all of it step by step, by freaking step, when we do State of Wrestling this week. Now, uh, I may sound a little different than I usually do. That's because I'm here in Los Angeles already. I'm in uh, uh, a hotel room doing this, away from my precious Not Sam studio. That's because Jim Norton and myself are doing our Sirius XM show out here for the week as we lead into Survivor Series, and I'll be there, of course, this weekend for all that and for the art show that they're doing at Galleries 1988, and I've got my uh, chalk line NWO track pants, and I'm ready to go. All my favorite things are here. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to be a part of the whole thing. Um, but before we get into everything that Survivor Series, it's so funny. Like I, I want to talk about it right now. I want to just get into Becky Lynch because there's just so many feelings. I did Xbox podcast this week, but I did it yesterday. I'm recording this after SmackDown. We recorded Xbox podcast right after Raw, and the amount that the world of wrestling has changed over the course of 24 hours. I'm literally, I am recording this podcast 23 hours after I recorded Xbox podcast this week, and the amount that's changed is unbelievable. So, you know, I, I would I would certainly listen to, to that show because we did end up theorizing. Literally, as we were doing X-Pac show, we, start, we got the news that Becky Lynch might be off of Survivor Series. And we were like, what? Because all the feelings that we had coming off of Raw, that's really what we were talking about. I mean, my God. I know that I said... The, the ending to Raw where uh, Brock Lesnar turned on Paul Heyman was the best in a while. And I still stand by that. Some people thought it was stupid. I stand by that. In hindsight, it does not hold up remotely because they didn't go with it. You know, it lasted a week before they revealed that it was all a ruse anyway. So it, it doesn't hold up in history as much as I wish it would. But that moment to me was a super cool moment. Now... It is nothing compared to what the ending of Raw was on Monday. Like, I was ready to jump on and do a podcast the way I was feeling after Raw on Monday with everything that Becky Lynch did. 
now with everything that happened throughout the day on Tuesday and all the news, then SmackDown comes on and completely reshapes Survivor Series. I mean, my God, my God, I am so pumped. I'm, I'm excited just to talk about it, so we will. We'll do it in the state of wrestling, though. I got to discipline myself. I know we, we get right into the interview, and that's what I want to do because that's the format of the show. I don't technically have to stick to the format because it's my show. It's literally, it's me and a recorder and I'm in my hotel room and after I record this, I'm going to edit it and I'm going to post it and I'm going to give it to you. The Not Sam Wrestling Podcast, ironically, is literally all Sam, but I discipline myself. I have self-discipline. It's a, it's a skill that we should all work on in ourselves. If I did not have self-discipline for the next 90 minutes, it would be me talking to you about Becky Lynch and only Becky Lynch. But the good things in life, we must wait for. And we will wait for that for the state of wrestling. First, we start with the interview. Now, last week uh, was a, a, one of my favorite interviews. If you didn't hear last week's podcast, absolutely listen to it. It was about an hour-long interview with all four members of the Undisputed Era and that's one of those interviews that I'm going to be so happy that I have on tape and on record as the years go on because, uh, you know, I think these guys are just going to skyrocket. That video, of course, has been available for a week already on Patreon. If you're on uh, uh, Not Sam Shill at patreon.com slash wrestling, you get to watch the videos of these interviews the same day the podcast comes out. Um, but if you're not... Uh, that's okay, too. The video will be available eventually over at the Not Sam YouTube channel. Within a week or so, that video will be available. Uh, this week's video, of course, already going to be available on Patreon eventually on the YouTube channel because this week's guest is David Arquette. And, you know, David Arquette, it's interesting when you're interviewing celebrities and they go on kind of press tours. And that happens a lot at Sirius. You know, they go and do multiple shows because they're promoting something. Generally speaking, celebrities do interviews specifically to promote something. So when I found out that David Arquette was not only doing press, but his publicist was asking that the interviews concentrate on his wrestling, that was like putting up the bat signal for me. That was 100% I'm there because I find him fascinating. We interviewed David Arquette. Years ago at this point, one of the very early episodes of Not Sam Wrestling, way back when it was Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And you can go, by the way, every episode. We're on 212, I think. 212 episodes, all available for free if you just scroll down in iTunes or NotSam.com or wherever you get the show. Um, they're all still up there. So you can find that interview. And we talk a little bit about his run in WCW then. Uh, and we did a little bit on this interview too, but I'm that story's been told, and I'm interested in you know how he feels about the fan response to it and his inclusion in the conversation about the death of WCW, uh, and we touch on that. But what I'm really interested in is this idea that with the success that he's had in television and film, with the name that he's got, you know, the Arquettes. That's a Hollywood name. That is a, a legacy in Hollywood that at however old he is, close to 50 years old, he decides to jump into this world of wrestling. And when I saw him, he goes on Twitter and he says, I'm training, I'm going to be wrestling again. And I figured it was a publicity stunt to just get the WWE's attention or even Impact Wrestling's attention. One of these big companies that can pay him a whole bunch of money and put him on TV. I thought that that was the end game of this thing. It's a publicity stunt so he can get a gig, 
doing a, you know, goof match in WWE or an Impact or something like that. Or maybe get, you know, Cody's attention and do an all-in type show. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that he started doing indie shows. He started going around the country and wrestling at indie shows. And it wasn't just one and done. He was doing a bunch of them. He's done a, a tag match where he went against Frank the Clown. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff. Now, you know, he's still early in this process. Of course, most people don't train for a couple months and then jump right in a ring. But people are curious. People want to see David Arquette wrestle. He's a big, famous guy. I want to see what he's going to do. So that's what he's doing now. And we got to sit down and talk about not only what he's doing, but why he's doing it and his fandom and what he wants to do in this thing. A lot of interesting stuff coming from David Arquette, who is my guest this week on Not Sam Wrestling. The Not Sam Wrestling interview. David Arquette is here. Welcome, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? you? I'm great. You look like you're in good shape. Is this wrestling shape? This is wrestling shape, man. I guess so. It helps. What? <laughs> I really, I lost 40 pounds in four months. Did you really? Some DDP yoga and some jujitsu oh. boxing and then wrestling mm. training with Peter Avalon. He's my trainer and amazing wrestler, indie wrestler. Do you know Peter Avalon? I don't work? think so, He's actually. incredible, bro. He's, he's going to pop. He does a lot of bar wrestling. He does... Championship wrestling from Hollywood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Championship wrestling from Arizona. He's amazing. PPA all day. He, uh, he's got a great, he's just a great heel and amazing wrestler. And then he's got a tag team with Ray Rosas. Yeah. So great. I love how deep you've gotten into this, like, kind of pretty quickly. I just saw, I think, I don't know, months ago on yeah. your Twitter, you just kind of started saying, I'm getting back into wrestling. I'm going full steam and I'm taking it seriously. And I was like, <laughs> What's our cat's angle here? Like, what's he, what's he angling for? And then next thing I know, like you're posting training videos and stuff, and then you're doing shows. You're doing indie shows. You're yeah. traveling the country. You're making towns. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't. It's been a trip to like hit the road. I got denied. A, like I did a, a, a event in in Chicago and and went back to my room. And they're like, sorry, we don't have a room for you. They booked this through a, a third party, and uh, they didn't clear it with us, so you, we don't have any availability. <laughs> so it was like rolling down the street with a roller bag, and I'm like, yes, I'm a wrestler. Yeah. I, I was probably the happiest person to get sort of swindled ever. Yeah. I was like, this is it. I'm an indie wrestler. Yes. Like they're carnying me out of rooms now. Yeah. Just go to the hotel. Your room's waiting for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm checking on some. Real shady dive place. That's amazing. Oh, crackhead hotel. <laughs> we but, don't take credit cards. What? <laughs> wait, yeah, I, don't, I don't understand. So, um, so you, you, what? First of all, I mean, you're talking about your training, right? Yeah. How much training did you do for your initial? Not like That's barely what I anything. Like all the training I did was like stuff I knew. I mean, uh, Chris Canyon helped me a lot. Like just you know. But I, I, that I'm was more still movie not stuff, good at though, hitting right? the ropes. I'm still not good at doing my roles. I'm still not good at doing the international spot. And, like, I'm still learning all that. I'm trying to get it, like, so it's a little more second nature. But it's not at all. Everything's, you know, I'll grab someone by the right arm instead of the left. And, you know, it's just stuff 
that I'm learning, but I'm, you know, it, it takes it, years, right? It takes years. Yeah. And it takes your body like getting used to like getting slammed down and my body's old. <laughs> I'm 47. <laughs> a so lot of guys don't start like, at 47, no, right? They start no. earlier. Yeah. A lot of probably times, for right? the best to start really <laughs> early because your body does get conditioned to it. Right. And like if, you know, I just had an operation and I wasn't, you know, I haven't been able to, to train in the ring. So, you know, you go back to trying to do roles and you get dizzy like one of the things when i first started like my eyes would bounce around and i was like what the hell's happening like but you there's muscles in your eyes mm -hmm. and if you don't don't like start getting training and stability your vision will bounce like really yeah for me it did so once you like start the muscles in your eyes get strong it's so crazy and can you feel like if you're not training, it's like my eyes are getting weak, man? Well, you get dizzy. I, I see it as getting dizzy, so I yeah. start doing rolls again, and I'm like, oh, gosh. So you get a little spinny, and you don't want to be spinny in the ring. You can't. I mean, you there's an element of it happens anyway. Yeah. So, But you're a better wrestler now than you were when you were WCW champion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't really have the formal training. They didn't want me to do anything either. Because right. I couldn't beat anybody up. Nobody wanted to get beat up by me <laughs> so and i'm sure still don't really but uh the insurance was probably yeah sky high for you then too yeah yeah which exactly. they're like okay we have to yeah have you found have, has it been difficult transitioning back in the sense of course at first nobody wants to get beat up by you because you're the actor yeah do people take the fact that you're training now seriously yeah a little not really i yeah. mean there's certain people that are like still trying to punk me i mean they're kind of like, there's a bully element within wrestling sometimes where like, you know, either people believe th these characters that they are or they are living that part or they think they're superhuman or whatever, or they just think they're real tough guys, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I don't also like to be punked, you know, there's a certain element of people like they have their preconceived notion of who you are mm -hmm. i think they're gonna push you around or like you're gonna take take junk from them but you know i i, I'm, I also don't like being like the eh, you know road trade rage road road rage <laughs> guy yeah. who like you know just driving around in a bar like getting a fight like i'm a grown man i don't want to get you know right. arrested of course I have children yeah <laughs> but i also don't want to be like so it's a good. So, but if somebody's taking liberties with you in the ring, like you're tough yeah. enough to start throwing it back a little bit, oh, just yeah. letting them know, like yeah. But it'd be hard for me because I don't really know where the line is. So if somebody's like taking liberties and it feels like they're trying to beat me up, like we're gonna like fight now. We're not wrestling you know anymore. I mean? Now it's just a fight. Yeah, yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't know where. It'd be hard for me to know where that line is. Right, because you're not like you're not an old shooter. Who can no. like pull out this hold or something or whatever? You're just no. a guy who. Well, is... I can pull out some holds. Yeah, you can. I will. I'd probably try to choke someone out if they tried to really like. I felt like they're trying to hurt, like really, be destructively. You know, they're trying yeah. to beat me up. You yeah. know, I'm <laughs> gonna try to fight back. I don't. Want but that to... hasn't happened yet. No, that's good. Well, yeah, and I don't want. I mean, I want to entertain the fans and do whatever it takes, but. uh so what brought you back? Like, what 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 made you decide? Because it's very it's a very unglamorous thing to do, right? Like to go back into the world of indie wrestling, like, to, and not even go back to go into indie wrestling for the first time. It's not a glamorous life by any stretch. So what made you decide? You know what? 
I'm actually going to learn how to wrestle this time. I know I'm 47, but whatever. You know, I'm going to learn how to wrestle, and I'm not going to go and say, hey, WWE, put me in a match. I'm going to go and work the indies for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's hard for me because it is a glamorous world, even in the dirty dirt of it. It's kind of there's a glamour to it for me somehow. Like, uh, well, I guess for f- real wrestling fans, it is. Like, I mean, I can yeah. go to a show with ten people there, and that. I'm like, I yeah. can't believe this. It's like it's wrestling. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. you get you feel that too. Yeah. 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 But I'm a, a fan too. Like, I almost I'm not sure. I love entertaining. I love putting on a show and being a part of it. I get super nervous, so it's. You know, it's 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 not like the most relaxing in any way, no. shape, or form. So I do love going to the matches and seeing, and what being a fan is still. I'm ultimately a fan. It's not like, uh, you know, more so than anything else. I'm a fan of wrestling. So I don't know. But what made you decide now's the time to like to learn how to do this and start wrestling on the indies? Well, before like when I first became the champion, there wasn't really the internet the way it is now. Right, and now. Since then, this whole, like, being, like, linked to the fall of WCW and, you know, that's a worse decision than making David Arquette, you know, the champion. Those kind of things just kept increasing. And then all these people started sort of, like, trolling me on the Internet and different wrestlers. And I've, you know, I have some friends, a friend Curtis and a friend Ben, who are like my wrestling buddies. We'd go to shows together my one friend Ben lives in Toronto. We'd always talk about the new stuff, and he'd talk about indie stuff up there, and I'd talk about indie stuff down here. And he told me about this guy, RJ City, so that I met RJ City at um, WrestleMania. And then we did a thing, like a little thing, but he's always been putting me down. He's always, like, really super rude to me. So then we ended up doing a match together. And, uh, and, and now we're tag teamings, but he hates me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to get him on a talk show, and he's uh, he just really can't stand me. So I'm sort of using him to learn wrestling and learn the business and, and do these shows. And he's using me to sort of get famous because he'd rather sort of be famous than wrestle, I right. think. He likes talk shows. And, and are you sitting there telling him, like, I've been famous, like wrestling's better? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if I want, like, why would I be? If, if being famous was better, why would I be coming into wrestling now? Well, he's so funny because he fell in love with wrestling and the Muppet Show. So uh-huh. those are his two favorite things. So it's like this entertainment, and then through the Muppet Show, he learned about like, you know, all these old time actors like Jerry Lewis and all these. He's got this love for seventies like stuff. Like, be he does something called the Knee Arthur. <laughs> which, which I took to the face and the whole side of my face blew up and then I had to film the next week and I showed up on set completely black-eyed and, and swollen. So what do you tell the people that you're working for when you're doing TV shows or movies or whatever? Do they was, un- do you go like, I was wrestling over the weekend and uh, yeah. this happened to me and yeah, this is what I look like now? It's been this really weird balance. I'm figuring out that it's really hard because for wrestling, a lot of the time you have to... Uh, book it in advance if you know a few months and with film sometimes they'll just come right up to the thing or you'll be signed on to do something and like right now I'm signed on to do something but it's pushed a week so it moves all my dates and all right. this stuff so it's going to be really hard for me to balance that stuff I think you know my sort of tactic might be just showing up places and being a part of them and just kind of coming in 
because I don't know how else I can do it. So instead of being like on the marquee, hey, this is the show that David Arquette's going to be at, at any random indie show, yeah, if you're that's in town. probably going to be a better solution for me. Because wow. then, then I could do it, and then I could do it without letting a movie know. Because <laughs> there's do all it. insurance <laughs> issues and stuff. Uh-huh. So if I just show up places... You apologize instead of ask for permission. Yes. And then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, at that point. exactly. You're fine. What are they going to do? Just the, not the face. <laughs> yeah, That'll be Let's my the arm move. on this one. Not the face. <laughs> Let's work the arm. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> When you, I've, I've seen you backstage at WWE shows. When you go to WWE shows and you talk to some of the guys, or you talk to whoever you talk to there, is there like questions? Arquette, like, what are you doing, man? Are you are you wrestling? Did I see that you're? Yeah, you doing sometimes, this? sometimes. I'm always so nervous back there. I really am a fan, so I get like, oh, like, uh, and I'm also horrible with names. <laughs> I'm horrible with names, so I'm just probably like, really helps in show uh, business. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. And then so I'm like. I love your stuff, but I'm not sure what your name is. That match with that other guy was do you, incredible. Do you have a strategy to get people's names out of them, or do you just, no, I just got to be honest? I'm terrible and... about it. Just, <laughs> I don't know what you I don't care. I mean, I don't care if you don't know my name. I don't, you know. But then you feel bad because everybody knows your name. Well, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Right? I know. It's You're like, I don't, I don't know, but I like you, it's, but I don't yes, know what your name is. But yeah. I did. I saw you I thing, but I don't know who I you are. I know. <laughs> oh, it happens with, I think it's early. I'll, I'll <laughs> you <laughs> think so? Too many shots to the head. Already? I, know. I, I will knock on wood because, oh, I don't know. I've done a lot of bad things and taken a lot of shots <laughs> yeah Ooh. do you do you have because uh, uh, I mean it wasn't in wrestling that you've taken a ton of headshots uh, just in your personal life just my personal <laughs> life and you know I don't know I'm a wrestler at heart I guess because when I used to get into like crazy arguments instead of like you know smashing something I would usually put my head through a window or yeah that's know, not that that, thing, okay that'll catch up with you know yeah. that like jumping out of cars you know just for kicks right don't try that at home but yeah right and that kind when, of stuff is just horrible like is this when you were like much younger or is throughout the yeah throughout the car life? crashes <laughs> just all of it just like yeah <laughs> just, just, you've had a lot of collisions yeah yeah I've definitely i've got scars everywhere from that Throw, and I mean, throwing yourselves out of windows. Yeah, that's got to be scarring. <laughs> yeah, physically. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, they're all. Rolling. How do you explain that one away? Like when you go, I, I, to, I the, the, to the to whoever the plastic I... surgeon is <laughs> sewing you up. It's just like yeah, we're having wine and you know, just the as one tends just, to do. They just smash the wine over my forehead. Sure. Yeah. He's like, why would you do that? It's like I don't know. Doctor, if I knew that, I'd have, <laughs> probably need a different kind of doctor, so I'll never do that again. Yeah, look, but look. it definitely stopped the argument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like once you're like severely bleeding, right? Like, nothing stops an argument like that. Yeah, Doc, you're here to make me look normal, <laughs> yeah. not to make me feel normal. Don't yeah. worry about the, you're not the why guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're the how and, and the exactly. fix, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so but I stopped doing that after that one <laughs> that's good that was the light when the bottle smashing i believe so i see yeah i see so i the mean wind... i might have taken a few doors <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess that's one way to pick like uh, sturdiness. Those cheap Home Depot doors, you could probably put a head completely through. I don't through. think there's enough doors in wrestling. I mean, yeah, they, they go through fuck. Sorry, tables. No, curse all you want. Tables all the time. There's so many more options. I got to tell you something. On the East Coast Indies. Yes. I don't know if this is just East Coast. Because over here, especially like out in Jersey, yeah. they use doors all the time. Oh, that's Doors awesome. are the new thing. I think they're oh, cheaper good. than tables. Yeah. But like if you go to indie shows, like a, the door is the thing now. And yeah. I don't know if they break easier. I love it. But they break differently. Yeah. Some of the guys have said that you have to- Go right through a door, huh? Right. And they'll splinter. Yeah. So they can suck sometimes. Yeah. But- uh, I mean, But yeah, and I guess- suck. I mean- I this mean, is one thing I've learned. Like, there's certain things you don't know what they mean until you you start training, get in the ring. Wrestlers always say something sucks. Mm-hmm. That's not what that means. <laughs> that means it hurts like hell, right? Or like, it really like leaves a mark, or <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Like to just normal folks, if you go, that sucks. It's like, oh, I was gonna eat this banana, but I dropped it. That sucks. Re- wrestlers never say something hurts. No, 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 you no. You know, no. They're, they're like, there's this toughness about it. So they'll say it sucks. So I figure I found out what sucks means. <laughs> really, right? Like, like certain things suck, and like somebody so, like, says an go- open hand, like the one, the one little clip where the guy says, uh, "Wrestling's fake," and the guy said, "Wow, is that oh, fake?" Oh, Doctor D did yeah, when he Dr. hits John Stossel in the ear. That's just an open hand. Uh, yeah, sma- uh, slap. Yeah, bad. Open hand slaps are no joke. They suck. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. So they now, really suck. Now next time you go to the hospital and you're like bleeding because you threw yourself out of a window or something, what's your uh, pain threshold on a scale of one to ten? I think I have a good pain threshold. This, uh, I mean, this sucks. Sort I would of. say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not but, really though, because I uh, so I, I I threw out a rib or something. How do you throw out a rib? You just. Land I mean, I've heard of breaking ribs. I've never heard of throwing out a rib. Yeah, They're bones. You know? rib, rib could be out of place. Wow. It's it's sort of, it feels like something's broken or every breath you take, it's like, and it's, it was in the back and I didn't oh. know what it was and I got an x-ray and there was nothing. So then I was complaining about that a lot when I first started training because your body does have to get sort of used to falling and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I threw up a couple of times like training with, with Peter Avalon and, and, uh, I've trained with a couple other guys, but um, then I went down to Mexico and I did a, a planche off the top rope and I did it wrong. I was supposed to go crossbody and I was coming in this this uh, luchador kind of like soccer head butted me just to help stop me. Yeah. Because I was going over him. And but, he was like, did it to, but it landed right. And, but he caught you with his head though. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I was really like, it was hurting like crazy. For weeks, and then um, I got an X-ray, and they're like, "No, it's probably just broken cartilage or whatever." And then it just—I did another. I did my first match uh, with RJ City, and right. I was just in so much pain. I couldn't believe how like much how painful it is on the body. The wrestling, and uh, you're like, I don't remember it hurting this much when I was the champ. Yeah, I, well, I, I never had to take bumps <laughs> like this. So then I go. I uh, we go on vacation and it's like it's the holidays or something and I uh, I go uh, I gotta go to the hospital so I had an MRI and they finally found because it was right under some uh, 
area right here or whatever like where a, I had in three your broken region? ribs yeah right ah. here so they they saw it in an MRI but not an X-ray so but what do you do for that you just kind of have to yeah you just sit with it sit with it pain management which right. is a whole other thing so you have to take these things that totally then de- depress you so I I mean then I started drinking a lot, so I had to stop drinking. <laughs> I had to stop, you know. So you're on the pain pills. medication, and it depresses so, uh, like, you, and then you drink, and then you're breaking bottles again, and you're like, no this kidding. isn't the life that I want to lead anymore. No joke. It is exactly what happens. <laughs> I'm telling you. Then I'm like, literally, you how did, know. How did in one match, you did the whole the wrestler, the whole movie, <laughs> you did it in one match? You know, I'm not kidding. I was wandering <laughs> the streets of Tijuana, like, what am I doing with my life? And people are coming up to you like, Arquette, this isn't like 99 anymore. This isn't what we do in wrestling anymore. I'm, this I'm telling you. I didn't know, but I really was like, I, there was something wrong, going wrong. We'll get back to David Arquette momentarily, but listen to the confidence in his voice. Listen to the way he presents himself. This is a guy who's been very, very successful because he walks around with a with a little bit of cockiness. I'm sure you'd like to get a whole lot cockier. We all would like to get a whole lot cockier, and I've got a solution. You can start with Ageless Male Max, of course. It's the man-boosting formula with an ingredient to boost your total testosterone. Yes, you can boost your total testosterone while also promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction in fat percentage than from exercise alone. If you need more, how about a 64% boost in nitric oxide production to help you get cocky in the gym and quite frankly, in the bedroom. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle for free. All you need to do is pay shipping and handling. That's a full 30-day supply for free when you text the word PRIME, P-R-I-M-E, to 797979. Many testosterone formulas can only boost free testosterone, but Ageless Male Max is all about total testosterone. Grab your free supply. Text 797979 and enter PRIME, P-R-I-M-E. If results are too intense, decrease use. Text 797979 and enter PRIME, P-R-I-M-E. Message and data rates may apply. But you went, okay, you went back to wrestling after that. You Like, there's nothing that's that's stopping you at this point. No. You no. Want, this is what you want to do. Yeah, I just had a surgery on my elbow, so oh. I had to pull out of Northeast Wrestling, which is Friday night, and... Jerry the King Lawler took over for me, and he's fighting King Brian Anthony. So I was super bummed because Kenny Omega's on that show, oh, and Penta, and like all these Mick Foley, and all these incredible uh. people that I was gonna be part of this show and on the poster of it. And I was like, oh, I'm so bummed. But you had to get the surgery. Yeah, I had to have my bursa removed, which is the pad on your elbow. Ugh. But it's like. You know, it's a crazy, crazy business. It is. You think you get Oliver Platt to wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> Oliver was smart. Chris Canyon did all of his stunts, and if you oh, look, really, if you look at the movie, it's just Chris Canyon move after Chris Canyon move. Of course, it's a <laughs> lot of the good stuff. So uh, yeah, but I do a, a double axe handle, which Jimmy King was it was crowning somebody. I do that as a move, which. I also love because it was a Macho Man move. Of course. Macho Man. I just got a Macho Man tattoo recently. What is it? It's Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. (laughs) That's beautiful. Is it like like their wedding or is it like... Yeah, can I see? Yeah. Yeah, I want to... It's Marty and Sarah. Sarah did it 
She designed it. Yeah, because I, uh, I've heard of, uh, you know, people getting the Macho Man sunglasses and things like that. Yeah. But I want to oh, see. Oh, I got Ric Flair. So <laughs> I went, oh, look at, it's faces. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's like a, a 1988 era <laughs> macho with like the tiger print headband and yeah. the big shades. And there's Elizabeth right next to him. I got it because I got this horrible luchador. Right. There's Santo in, in Tijuana. That was that terrible night. And there's broke the, my ribs. There's the Ric Flair and under yeah, him yeah, with the shades on. Yep. I see that. And Bozo the Clown is right under them. It's it's <laughs> All everything. The things I love. <laughs> it's everything. So, but I got that because I was studying up, and Macho Man really was one of my favorite when I was growing up, and of I got course. to do a scene with him in Ready to Rumble, which was a thrill. But then uh, I uh, I was uh, looking back on some old stuff, and I was like, oh, I remembered the Macho Man always treated Miss Elizabeth wrong, and, and then it occurred to me like I had to. Biggest like Miss Elizabeth was maybe one of the main reasons I watched wrestling because I was so in love with her. Sure. And then I turn to my wife and I look at her and she's a splitting image of Miss <laughs> Elizabeth. And I'm like, wait a second, if you had a perm, she's like, I'm not getting a perm. I was like, okay, but you, you should think about it. She's like, I'm not. Nobody does perms anymore. I was like, it'd be cool. You just showed pictures of Elizabeth from '87. Like, swear, this she is what you could just look like. like. My goodness. Now, how do you, how does your wife and kids? How do they all feel about about you being a professional wrestler? <laughs> my son loves it. It beats me up all the time how old is he he's four okay so this is perfect but he can't like i try to show him like the the wrestling he likes some of it he's he's his attention span's not really great at this point so he doesn't really like tune in for for too long and then he'll mess up my viewing sessions <laughs> yeah, no this wasn't about you son this is about wrestling like yeah, you just yeah, happen yeah. to be here yeah you like, we don't want i'm not turning it to spongebob <laughs> yeah we're watching we're actually watching wrestling yeah this is not and then my wife comes in and is like no he shouldn't be watching this i was like come on yeah You're like honey this is actually my match i don't know this is actually me <laughs> yeah. this is what i do <laughs> yeah he got really upset when i did play back the match and he's like you lost <laughs> it was really sad yeah you haven't smartened him up yet yeah but <laughs> then he like he, he met RJ and then he was like started becoming an RJ fan. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! That's the guy who just beat me up. <laughs> right? You like, don't wanna. Are there any? Are there, is there anybody in the landscape that you're like? I wanna. I wanna have a match with that person. Yeah, who Cody is? Rhodes. I wanna beat Cody Rhodes up. You wanna? You wanna <laughs> have a match with Cody Rhodes? Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it'd be great. Come on. I mean, you know, he, his dad and me, you know. Held the same belt. Oh my god! Yeah, of yeah. all the horrible, disrespectful things yes. you could possibly say. Yeah, you're saying that you want to fight Cody Rhodes because you and Dusty were both yeah. champions of well, the world. Well, that's the problem. That's what they said. I disrespected this belt that's so right. much. That's right. They did. That, a lot of people did. I'm sure yeah. I've been on record saying it at one yeah, point or another. Right. <laughs> Forgiven. <laughs> but the uh, idea behind all this is to like. Get some respect. I mean, put some respect know, yes. on your name. Yes, yeah. put some respect <laughs> on my name. Right, right. So, so that you know, if uh, if that's what it's about, and you know, Cody's a great wrestler. He's one of the greatest out right now. But he always cheats. He does always cheat. You yeah. don't cheat. I, you know, if somebody cheats first, right, you respond you know, to it. I could. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not opposed to you know clocking someone as right. hard as I can if they're going <laughs> to try to beat me up like like terribly but you're ready or maim me you want to fight a Rhodes 
yeah, I want to fight Rhodes. And I think uh, I want part of like the thing behind it is I want to get my wife to be Miss Elizabeth. So I want her to dress up. So that way, so she can Cody come can out. come out with Brandy. Yes, and I can come out with Christine. I mean, she's a gorgeous girl. But here's the she so, was a, a reporter mm-hmm. on Entertainment Tonight. Wow. So when I cut promos, I want to say, ah, I got my own reporter. She's a professional Indeed. from Hollywood. Thank you very much. Get the mic person out of the way. Arquette, yeah, please. And then she'll do a I love real it. deal. I love it. So does that mean you come out in some kind of like Macho Man themed attire? That's another thing. If I've always do. dressed really stupid and crazy. <laughs> and then I was sitting there and I was like training and I I own a Macho Man stage-worn costume that I wore to Burning Man. I walked around. <laughs> Which one I, is it? What does it look like? It's a neon and it's like checkered neon and it's got big fringe. It's the jacket? And it's a jacket. It's got silver Macho Man. And I walked around Burning Man, and I gave out Slim Jims. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. And people were like, didn't really know what to take because uh, it's kind of like Burning Man. There was, there's like, the, I was like, kind of crossing some you know advertisement rule with the actual <laughs> like, and like half of them are vegans. They're like, I don't want a Slim Jim, but I'm going around like, oh yeah, just fucking living the life. So yeah. So then I'm sitting. So sometimes I buy like, uh, like old wrestlers kind of tights or something yeah. off the internet or something. I've got a gold dust outfit in my basement. <laughs> there you go. Full gold dust outfit, yes! like a bodysuit. That's yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So then I'll, I'll, I'll like sometimes wear them to train, and then people are like, you know, you don't. You really wear, have to. Wait, wait, wait. You wear like the old tights that you bought on eBay or whatever, sometimes. like old wrestlers gear. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, I could train in this. Yeah, but I mean, it's like clean it. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't even. So whose tights have you trained in? I don't know. Like some of them are just like indie wrestlers. So like one was orange and black stripes. Probably uh, Taz's singlet. And or sometimes there's like a Macho Man knockoff. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? You can train in a Macho Man knockoff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, and sometimes I'll take them and then add to them and then make them my own. So that I, f- I feel like if you really want to get heat. Yeah, you saying what you just said about well, me and Dusty held the same title, yeah. then coming out as if you're Randy Savage yeah. in a match with Cody. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how one fan could cheer you. It would just be booze everywhere. Oh, in the best possible way. Really? I think so. Hmm. You know, isn't imitation the, the highest form of flattery? It is, but you know, until you until all wrestling fans realize how much you respect the business. Right now, you're just the guy who killed WCW, and now you're wearing Macho Man's tights. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I guess that's what people think. That's what but... people think. I'm not talking about me and you right now. Yeah, I'm talking I about. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I'm trying to say is I want some damn respect. But yes, um, I. But what I was doing was I was sitting in these tights, and I, it occurred to me, like, oh man. I mean, on top of the fact that Liberace and Elvis were really big when I was first growing up, the first impressions of television and, like, you know, ta- uh, pageantry mm-hmm. were these guys. And then wrestling. So I'm sitting there, and I was like, oh, man, I've always wanted to dress. I, I feel comfortable as a rest- dressing like a wrestler. Like, Right. I always go to, like, Comic-Con, and I see, like, a... 
the stormtrooper giving coffee. I'm like, why can't we do this all the time? So you, you guys, want, you want to cosplay everywhere? Yeah, well, yeah, but not even cosplay. Right. I, this we're not playing anymore, people. <laughs> we're I'm, living I'm, this. I'm taking the identity. I no, mean, no, no, I'm not pretending to be a stormtrooper. I'm a goddamn stormtrooper. I'm telling you because sometimes. I like to be a cowboy. I was born in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. And I, if I want to wear a cowboy hat, and then I'll wear cowboy boots with it, and I like Wranglers and lead jeans. And maybe some chaps. And a boot cut. Well, chaps. The, well, That's a little I much. I did find these red, white, and blue striped chaps. Whoa. I swear I've been thinking about them. <laughs> they didn't quite fit, but that's a quick alteration. <laughs> but then where do I wear them? I can wear them in the ring! <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you go. That's the path that leads you into, oh my God, I was born to do this. Yeah. 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 I mean, I always dream of getting older and going all white, mm -hmm. growing a big beard, mm -hmm. putting on some weight and just going Santa Claus 365 days a year. Why is it just one time a year? You're right, and I actually think you and Mick Foley could hang out and 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 discuss that a lot more than you realize. What is he doing it, dude? Do you know how Christmas obsessed Mick Foley oh, is? Oh man, he literally did an entire year wearing at least some kind of Santa article of clothing. Yes, every single day. Yes, he does Santa. Like the reason he has that big beard. Yes. is because he it bleaches it white and he turns himself into Santa every oh, winter. Oh my, God. he's the real deal. Wow. I wish you were going to that Northeast Wrestling Show because oh, you could talk man. to him about being Santa all the time until you're both blue in the face. Yeah, man. But you'll get there. You'll have that conversation. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe you'll no, get there. Just go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Jerry Lawler. I mean, that guy. And, you know, there, you know there's everything he did with Andy Kaufman was it's inspirational Amazing. for me because it's like you know this whole sort of weird dope world of like craziness right but for now you wrestled Frank the Clown I did I know that yeah um my who, my match with Brian Anthony was no joke it was good I took the heat and it was insane you're proud of it I mean oh yeah yeah I, I, I live to tell about it. <laughs> There's a slow motion uh, elbow he gave me that was so devastating. And Macho Man is one of my favorites, so I was like, oh, I took it with pride. But then I, um, Dalton Castle yeah. wrote me, it's like, you know, you, should, you can protect yourself. <laughs> What's good of Dalton to do that? I know, but I don't know how to do this. That's why I took a knee to the chin. Yeah, no, you're supposed to. Yeah, there should be. You, should you have to yourself. protect yourself, but I don't know how to protect myself. Well, I mean, I will. It's I will, real to me. It's really real to me. I like, get that, and I feel that I, I believe you when you tell me that. But I yeah. do for your own well-being. I think I am going to reach out to Dalton Castle on your behalf <laughs> and say, please teach David how to protect himself. Yeah. He's he's only got a few more of these in him. I think. See, but the thing is, they just say like. You know, yeah. Uh, make sure to, you know, put your hand up. Like, that's how they say protect yourself. Yeah. Put your hand up. Right. Like in so front of the knee that's and, about uh, to... Yeah. And, uh, you know, really take this knee. Put your hand up. Right. And then we're going to go over whatever, however they explain and all this stuff. But I don't know. Put your hand up. It's like, you know, you're going to potentially break your jaw if you don't protect yourself. Right. You're thinking it's just a suggestion. You can put your hand up. Yeah. Like... like 
But also, like, I'm like, oh, that looks so dumb. Right. Like, like I'd never film a movie and, like, whoa, put, like, my hand up. Right. Like, that looks so dumb. Not, not like showing up to set with an entirely bruised yeah. half a face. Yeah, that was a that was a tough call. I was really lucky on this film that they let me let me stay on it. <laughs> well, listen, uh, uh, I'm, I have to release you into the field now. But do you have... Uh, management or, or 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 an agent or anybody that's pissed off that you're doing this it's really funny man because wrestling does not get the respect it deserves no it does at not at all no it does not and it pisses me off i mean the fact that stone cold's not on like a regular show as this like you know just a reoccurring on breaking bad or like how great would it like, be incredible you know what i mean incredible. And, and, and the list is like endless of these incredible talents who are so quick and have this built-in fan base. So that's part of what I want to do with this and, you know, get people more involved on that side of it. I know that's like, well, yeah, like, you know, but. I love it. Well, where is there any uh, shows coming up that you specifically want to plug or just an yeah, awareness? Yeah, I'm at House of Hardcore on December oh, 8th. Oh, my God. That's going to be great. Maybe yeah. I'll come check. Where Bully is it? Ray in Philadelphia. In Bully Philly? Ray was calling me out, but. Uh, but Tommy Dreamer was like, I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not where you, you're not but ready for that, I don't I'm, think. I'm ready oh. for it! You hear that, Bully? You hear that, Bully? Thank you very much, David Thank Arquette. You. You're a good man, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thanks to David Arquette for being on the show. You know by now that there are so many amazing things happen that we all want to be a part of. All the time, especially in this world of wrestling that we all watch. I'm in Los Angeles now, but you guys, takeovers happening on Saturday. Survivor Series on Sunday. Raw on Monday. SmackDown on Tuesday. We all want to be there, and for some of us, the reason we don't end up showing up is because buying tickets online can be such a hassle. That's why I recommend to you SeatGeek. SeatGeek has been such a loyal sponsor and supporter of this show if you're going to buy tickets online and you're a Not Sam Wrestling fan, do it through SeatGeek. Look, they make it so easy. Even if they didn't support the podcast, it would be so easy. They put all the tickets that are available all together in one convenient SeatGeek app. You can find uh, sports games. You can find concerts. You can find comedy. You can find Broadway. You can find wrestling. You can find concerts. Whatever you want to find, SeatGeek has the tickets. They show, show you the seating chart so you can see everything that's available. They rank the seats based on value. So if you just want the best seats in the house, they got you. If you want to make sure you get the best value, they Got you. Whatever you need, SeatGeek makes it easy, and it's guaranteed every time. So if you're taking that partner of yours out on a fancy date and you want to make sure that you don't get stopped at the ticket booth because you've got phony tickets, use SeatGeek. They got your back. They got my back. I got your back. We're all helping each other, and I'm going to help you even more. SeatGeek has told me I can do this for you guys, the listeners of Not Sam Wrestling you can have $20 off, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. That's promo code SAM for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You can go to Survivor Series and get 20 bucks off. All you need to do is download that SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM. Hey, SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Here is Sam Roberts. David Arquette, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks so much to Mr. 
Arquette for doing the podcast. He did end up going to that North, Northeast Wrestling Show, by the way. Uh, I saw photos of him with Mick Foley and Jerry the King Lawler. But I tell you, this David Arquette has a lot of learning to do. If he is a part of this wrestling world and did not know that Mick Foley is Christmas and Santa obsessed, a lot of learning to do. I wish he would. He should be listening to old Not Sam Wrestling podcasts. He should be going back and listening to all the wisdom that gets dropped in all the interviews that we do with all these sports entertainers. There's a lot to learn, not the least of which is Mick Foley's love not only for Santa, but as we learned a couple weeks ago, female singer-songwriters, which, as we learned, Mick Foley and I have in common. Um, but he was at the show, you know, I saw him tweeting photos with Jerry Lawler and Mick Foley and I think James Ellsworth too and all those guys. So it, it looked like it was a really fun show. I haven't been able to check out Northeast Wrestling, but I always get so intrigued because they put up these these lineups. I mean, they load those shows. So at some point I plan on getting out there. Uh, it just seems uh, it seems like a cool time. It seems like a fun time. I do wonder, you know, I, I thought it was great that he actually had something specific in mind when he shouted out Cody Rhodes specifically, that he wants to wrestle Cody Rhodes. Now, I, like you, thought it was the ultimate disrespect for David Arquette to say, hey, me and Cody's dad held the same title. I mean, to go from a guy like the American Dream Dusty Rhodes that's influenced so many people, that defined the NWA championship for a period of time, that was the face the good guy face of the NWA for such a long period of time. To see David Arquette compare himself to the American dream, oh, it is the height of disrespect. But that's why I think people may pay money to see Cody Rhodes beat him up. So maybe that's something we'll see in the future. I hope so. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't think that it's a all-in headlining bout, but... I would go to see a Northeast wrestling show and see Cody and David Arquette duke it out a little bit. Co uh, David should probably get a few matches under his belt first. And Cody's got to heal up. I guess he's injured. But at some point, you know, I, I don't think the match would be over-the-top spectacular. But I would like to hear the back and forth. I would like to hear the promos. I would, I'd be interested in the story that unfolded between those two guys. I think there would be something there. Something. Okay, can you give me that? Maybe I'm just being optimistic again. You know, I tend to be optimistic. Some people say I'm shilling. I'm just being optimistic. If you want to shill, though, you can become a Not Sam shill over on Patreon. We do at least two bonus episodes a week. Uh, I actually just dropped this week. If you guys don't know, I it's a, the first tier, four bucks a month. You're getting two bonus shows a week. You're getting the podcast early and ad-free. Um, it's a hell of a deal. Second tier, you're getting all the video stuff, the state of wrestling on video every week. Uh, you're getting the interviews early. You're getting all kinds of stuff. Q&As. It's, it's a fabulous, fabulous community that we're building. And, of course, everybody in that Discord room, every tier of Not Sam Shill gets access to the Discord room. And that place is amazing. But um, I uploaded this week the captive audience show where I showed my dad WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 9 was the first WrestleMania that I remember watching with my dad. I remember watching WrestleMania 8. Um, I don't remember that my parents were in the room the whole time. I remember watching WrestleMania 7, or at least I remember watching the build to WrestleMania 7. I remember, I was 7 years old at the time, I remember, you know, the, the build-up, the Iraqi stuff, the Sergeant Slaughter, the Hulk Hogan stuff. 
You know, the, the first pay-per-view that I remember watching start to finish live, that I really remember, 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 is SummerSlam 91. That's the first pay-per-view that I remember watching. The first build that I remember is the build towards WrestleMania 7. So 91 is where it all starts to kind of form for me. Before that, there are bits and pieces here and there, but you're a little kid. You don't really know. You know, my parents weren't into wrestling. So it's not like as a six-year-old, my parents are buying the pay-per-views and I'm getting to watch them because they didn't care. They weren't into it. I had to be old enough to actually say I need to watch these shows. And that was... 1991, that's when I was finally old enough to speak for myself and be able to do this. But what I, uh, what I really remember was sitting in the TV room. It was like something out of all in the family. Sitting in the TV room in my house in New York watching WrestleMania 9 on pay-per-view with my mom, with my dad. It was, a, it was the first pay-per-view that I remember being a full family affair. And WrestleMania 9... I, for the longest time, looked back on it with such fond memories, and that was probably because I was watching with a nostalgic lens. Because I remember when I got older, it was the first time people were like, that's one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. And I'm going, what? Worst? What about the two doinks? And they're like, yeah, that's the only good thing that happened at that WrestleMania. I go, what? Macho Man in the Macho Tuxedo? Sean versus Tatanka? Razor versus Bob Backlund? They're like, yeah, watch it again, Sam. Watch it again as an adult. So that's what I did, but I dragged my dad into it. My dad is not a wrestling fan. He would watch it with me because he's a good dad. But he's not a wrestling fan, so obviously he had not watched WrestleMania 9 since it was originally on pay-per-view. So I dragged my dad into the Not Sam studio, and I made it so that he had to watch the entire three-hour spectacular with me. We recorded the whole thing so you can watch WrestleMania 9 with the audio of me trying to explain the show to my dad and find the awesomeness in it. The show is called Captive Audience. It's available only at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And to me, for my money, it's the best way to rewatch a pay-per-view. Me trying to explain to my loved ones why this is so cool. So uh, you can listen to that show now over on the Patreon page. We've got a lot to get into. Enough uh, beating around the bush. Oh, by the way, maybe no, not quite enough beating around the bush because I did want to mention right uh, before this podcast uh, was recorded, I, the trailer dropped and I watched it for Fighting With My Family. You know, it seems like, first of all, the fact that Stephen Merchant wrote and directed it, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Stephen Merchant, but uh, he rose to fame on The Office, the British office with Ricky Gervais. But he's a hilarious dude. You know, I've interviewed him on the radio a bunch of times. I had no idea that he had any affinity for pro wrestling. I don't know if he does have any affinity for pro wrestling. It might be one of those things where he just had an affinity for this story. But, I mean, it really seems like there is a strong emphasis on pro wrestling in this thing. I mean, there's there's arenas. There's stuff shot at the Performance Center. But it's it's really cool because it seems like they did it right. You know, The Rock is a producer on it, but he's also in the movie, and he's playing himself, which is great. He does The Rock stuff. He does promos and stuff like that. But they have, for instance, shots at the Performance Center where they have the actress playing Paige. Fighting with my family is the story of Paige coming to the WWE, and that's becoming a major motion picture. Um, but they show Paige and her brother in the film going to the Performance Center, and it's really shot in the Performance Center, and you see the logos, and you see the WWE thing, and it's not, like, cheesy. But the guy running the Performance Center is Vince Vaughn. 
So Vince Vaughn, the giant Hollywood celebrity. So, you know, it's it's really cool to see that, that we're embracing. And, and the only other thing that we've had even close is the film Body Slam, which is the most accurate portrayal of pro wrestling in film. I'm just kidding. If you haven't seen Body Slam, you got to. It's the best thing you'll ever see. Maybe we'll do a, a captive audience watch-along show for Body Slam. I just love that movie. But The Wrestler is, of course, the other movie that people bring up that, that made Hollywood kind of take wrestling seriously for a moment. But The Wrestler is the story of a down-on-his-luck, washed-up wrestler. The wrestler is a is a sad story. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, I can't, I can't think of the phrasing that I'm looking for. But it's a, it's a, uh, it's a story that you're, you're supposed to learn from. You're not supposed to mimic the Mickey Rourke character. You're not supposed to be like Randy the Ram, you know? It's, it's, it, it almost, while it makes, wrestling be taken a little more seriously it makes it seem like a really sad business whereas fighting with my family I think still takes wrestling seriously but it's a happy story at the end of the day I think I don't know how the movie's going to be told but I watch Paige on Smackdown and she seems happy so it seems like it seems like it would be a happy story um so I'm really looking forward to seeing it and I'm really looking forward to WWE and wrestling being shown in film in a positive way and in a way that this is a place where where dreams come true. And what's great is that it what Paige is doing now is so good. And I'm really glad that she's doing it now, not just for the sake of Paige, not just for the sake of the product, but now for the sake of this film. Because otherwise they could have done a really sad thing like the end of Beyond the Mat, which is this great documentary. But again, looks at wrestling a little bit as a more sad thing. And that was happening in the late 90s when wrestling, quite frankly, was, if you looked at it realistically, a little bit more sad. Um, but, you know, they follow draws around in that movie. And at the end of the movie, they had to do a, a text screen where it talks about how he's paralyzed. Now, they could have had to have done a text screen at the end of this movie where you all feel good because Paige's dream comes true and she wins the championship and blah, blah, blah. But... Now she can't wrestle anymore because she hurt her neck and her career was ended and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that she's the general manager now means we still get to end the story on the upswing, which I love. I think that that's great. And, of course, uh, Thea Trinidad, a.k.a. Zelina Vega, has a cameo in that film as well before she had become Zelina Vega uh, and and it been put in a role where she has the potential herself to take the world by storm. So lots of good stuff. Uh, going on, and I can't wait to see that film, but what I really can't wait for is to talk about Survivor Series. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. All right, so let's get into it. State of Wrestling time, again, coming from the hotel room here in Los Angeles, California, the site of Survivor Series 2018, and we're going to get into Survivor Series, of course, but I think that, uh, I don't think we can do our traditional State of Wrestling format this week because the top five stories are just Survivor Series, right? The top that, That's all we want to talk about. There's a couple things, I guess, before we get into Survivor Series, I, we can mention, because I, I keep like a, a note on my phone, you know, in the notes thing, I keep a running list throughout the week of the stories that happen, so I try not to miss anything in the state of wrestling. It happens inevitably, but I try to keep that going throughout the week, um, and this week, like the notes that I was adding last night 
as I'm watching SmackDown, I said, okay, this is just the whole state of wrestling. What are we going to do? Um, before we get into Survivor Series, and that's what we're going to spend the meat of our time on. Let's get the potatoes done. Uh, first of all, we should mention the Cody Rhodes and Joey Ryan injuries. I guess both guys are out for a certain period of time. Joey Ryan, I'm not sure what's wrong with Cody, um, but it's an interesting time for Cody because Cody's future is kind of up in the air. We don't know. It's going to be, I think that the story behind Cody is not this injury story. The story behind Cody is going to be what happens a couple of months from now. When it's 2019, it's January, his contract is up, and we figure out what this man is doing with his wrestling life. That's going to be the story of Cody Rhodes. So, you know, it sucks whenever anybody gets injured, but if Cody was going to get injured and take a couple months off, you know, it's better that it's at the end of whatever this run is than right in the middle, because what Cody has accomplished in the last couple of years is unbelievable. It's more than most people accomplish in their field in a lifetime. So, you know, I don't think you can take away anything from Cody Rhodes. And Joey Ryan, uh, he posted some photos on Instagram. I guess he tore his pec. It was similar, you know, the swelling and the bruising and stuff that you saw was not dissimilar from what happened to Triple H. Maybe not quite as severe, but not dissimilar from what happened to Triple H. It sucks at at, uh, 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 Crown Jewel. It sucks for Joey Ryan, though, because... You know, when you're an independent wrestler, luckily Joey Ryan has other deals. You know, he's, first of all, Joey Ryan is lucky that he's got the personality that he's got because theoretically, Joey could still do shows and just not wrestle. Um, you know, his his penis is fine, which is a, a, apparently, I've heard, which is a big asset for him. So he's still got that going for him. Um, and he's got the, I guess, the U-Porn sponsorship and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I think that that's good. And I believe he's one of the guys in charge of bar wrestling. So I'm sure he's still doing stuff behind the scenes over there. You know, the thing about the wrestling business is, especially when you're independent, you really have to diversify what you do. You have to get your hands on all forms of the business. And that's what Cody does. That's what Joey Ryan does. Because if you just wrestle and you're independent, and you get an injury, which happens, you know, and we'll talk about that with Becky Lynch, but it, it happens. There's no revenue coming in. There's no money coming in. You know, you're not working for one of the big companies with a big contract that is, is guaranteed to take care of you. You're in a position where you've got you've to figure it out for yourself. And also, just due to the fact that not everybody makes it. Not everybody is going to be the WWE champion main eventing WrestleMania. I think that every young wrestler right now, if the wrestling business is what they want to be involved in for their lives, should be learning every single aspect of the wrestling business and figuring out, like, okay, you know, sometimes, and the same thing, you know, you hear about it in film, you know, people start out wanting to be a director or a writer or whatever it is, or, I mean, or generally they start out wanting to be an actor, and then they try directing, or they try writing, or they try lighting, or they try being a grip, or they try whatever it is, and they realize, like, I like this even better, or I'm better at this, this suits my skill set more, or, you know, it's going to be tough to make a living acting, but I can make a living doing this. And I think the same is true about wrestling. 
And I think guys learn that at the Performance Center. You know, if you listen to the interview we did last week with uh, Shock the System, the Undisputed Era, they're all getting exposed to things that you can do in wrestling outside of wrestling so that when they get older, they can still be a part of the business. And I think that that's something that even at 20 guys should be thinking about because, you know, there's a handful of guys that can wrestle into their 40s and into their 50s. It's 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 especially successfully. Um, so I think that's the lesson, that we know Cody and Joey are going to be fine because they're good at so many things and because they can make a living doing so many things inside of the wrestling business, and they've diversified themselves. And that's something that, that young wrestlers should take note of uh, going forward. Uh, the other uh, big news story, I think, was the end of the Raw overrun. That's how Raw, you know, would never end right at 11. It would end at 11.06, 11.07, whatever it was. And, you know, some people were, were acting like this was this this huge deal where, oh, well, you know, it added to the unpredictability and the live nature and blah, blah, blah. But let's be honest, many times the ending to SmackDown is better than the ending to Raw. And SmackDown ends right on time every single week. I, I don't think, you know, and the ending to Raw this week was incredible. I don't think it matters what time Raw ends, especially because the overrun was built into the show. So nobody thought that the show was ending at 11. Everybody knew the show ends somewhere around 11.07. Everybody knows if you're DVRing the show, you set it for 11.15, not 11. So, you know, I, I, I think that you could have a conversation about, oh, I wonder if USA is happy. But even so, like, even the conversation, ooh, does this mean USA is unhappy with Raw? USA just signed a contract a couple of months ago to pay way more money for Raw than they are right now. They're paying so much money for Raw in the next contract that they gave up SmackDown, and SmackDown is making way more money than it did before. I don't think this thing about, like, oh, well, the ratings are down, so USA must not be happy. Raw losing its overrun means that WWE is in trouble. Clearly not true. I mean, look at, look at the financials. It's a company, right? We're not in the Monday Night Wars where we look at rating points every week and go, well, we can tell which company is doing better because Raw did a, a 5.2 and Nitro only did a 3.1. WWE is better than WCW. Okay. Two TV shows running head-to-head at a time where everybody was watching TV. Yeah, that's fine. I get that. you know. And the rating points are important when you're doing stuff like that. But now... In 2018, when there's no wrestling show running head-to-head with Monday Night Raw, there is way too much emphasis being put on these ratings. And there, the idea that, you know, oh, there's seven minutes less of Raw. Everybody's been complaining that three hours of Raw is too long. It's seven minutes shorter now. Seems like good news to everybody that was complaining. But everybody, a lot of people that were complaining about Raw being three hours is way too long are also acting like, Raw losing the overrun is this horrible thing, and I don't, I don't think it is. It's just USA being like, I don't think we need the overrun anymore, and WWE going, yeah, we don't. We don't do TV like that anymore. Um, you know, I, I think that it can be as unpredictable and as suspenseful and as good with or without the overrun, quite frankly, and they proved that on Monday. Uh, and the final thing that, you know, I, I want to talk in depth about TakeOver War Games, because 
I think that this has the potential to be better than last year for sure in terms of the War Games match. And the TakeOver show, you know, they're doing something very ballsy by removing TakeOver this year. All the TakeOvers have had the confidence of having that Ciampa Gargano storyline to fuel it. Where where even if, you know, starting with, with the January show, we realized that, okay, we thought the Adam Cole-Alistair Black, it wasn't going to get any better than that. But that Andrade-Gargano match was like, okay, we're on to something new. And since then, since that TakeOver show last January, it's been all about Gargano and all about Ciampa. Well, now we're heading into a TakeOver where for the first time since January, Gargano and Ciampa are doing two separate things. They're still acknowledging their story and acknowledging their feud. But they've got two separate matches with two separate stories going on, and you don't even really know where they stand. And I think that on paper, this TakeOver show could be just as good, if not better, than it's going to be on par with where we're at this year, which to me, I believe after this TakeOver show, we'll be able to say that 2018 was the best year of NXT TakeOvers that we've had. Um, Again, I would like to talk about it more, but I really want to get into Survivor Series, and I'll be on the TakeOver pre-show panel with Pat McAfee and Charlie Caruso uh, on Saturday. So we'll be able to get in-depth into TakeOver on the kickoff show panel on the WWE Network and on WWE social media channels. So we'll do that there, and we'll get into Survivor Series. We're about to get into Survivor Series, I promise you. I normally wouldn't interrupt the state of wrestling, but there's something that I need to tell you guys about because people come up to me, and they go, Sam, we listen to the state of wrestling. You got so much information in that head of yours. You must be watching wrestling all the time. You must be broadcasting all the time. You must be uh, keeping up with all of your interests all the time. How do you prove to your wife that you're interested in her as well? People will say that. They'll come up to me. It's really quite rude. They'll come up to me and say, Jesus, Sam, look at this wife of yours. How does she put up with you? Why would she stay married to someone like you? And normally I wouldn't answer them because it's a rude question to ask and I wouldn't recommend you asking that to anybody. But I'll tell you guys the answer. It's Blue Chew, of course. Blue Chew is the answer. Blue Chew is how I am able to go at a moment's notice. That's how my wife knows that I'm interested in her because she goes, Sam, could you come here a second? I'm ready to go. She's like, I wasn't even asking for that. I want to know what you wanted for dinner. And I go, well, Jess, I'm ready to go. And it's all because of you. But really, it's because of Blue Chew. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed by going to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. And they bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. That's how you know they work. You don't even have to take my word for it. There's biology in all of this. There's science here. You take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, whatever you want, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as, twice as fast as a pill. That's how somebody like me is ready whenever the opportunity arises. I don't miss opportunities, folks, anywhere in life, and Blue Chew helps with that. Uh, it's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door. There's no awkwardness. There's no doctor's visit. There's no nothing, and it's made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So, listen. I've got a special deal for you, okay? You want to try it for yourself. You want to see if it works as well for you as it does for me. How about 
I get you your first shipment free. That's right. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code ROBERTS, R-O-B-E-R-T-S. Roberts, all you need to do is pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ROBERTS, and try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Let's get back into State of Wrestling. So Survivor Series. Sunday is Survivor Series, and this, the build to this show has been absolutely insane. We were talking earlier in the show about how it's comparable to TLC from like a year ago when they had to mix and match the main events because of guys getting sick, but this is an even bigger deal to me, okay? So we started like a week ago with Alexa Bliss and what is being reported to be her concussions. I don't think an official WWE word has come out about it, but the internet has said, and the internet is 100% of the time right, the internet has said that Alexa is not wrestling because she's got concussion issues and she's not cleared to wrestle. That's why we haven't seen her in the ring in a long time. So the way she was presented as the Raw women's team captain and the person in charge of selecting women for that Raw women's team, uh, I thought that she was kind of going to take a female GM type role. Um, Not to say there's a difference in the GM or female GM, but you know what I'm saying. Like the way she was standing next to Baron Corbin, the way she was dressed, it felt like she was portraying an authority figure. And you know, I mean, with the trouble that Baron Corbin got in from Stephanie McMahon this week at the end of Raw, uh, I think that Alexa Bliss would actually, if she's going to be out for an extended period of time. Now, she tweeted out a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, I will be back. Probably I'll be back, but, you know, I'll stands for I will. Um, so she's saying she'll be back. A lot. Some people have been speculating that she's done, speculating she's not going to be at Survivor Series, speculating this. It's all speculation. But I would hope that she's back wrestling. If it's going to be an extended period of time that she's gone, I think she'd be an incredible GM, especially like in contrast to Paige on SmackDown. Paige is the good guy GM on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss is the bad guy GM on Raw. I just think that it's really cool to see that there are these two women in Paige and Alexa Bliss that are probably right now the people best suited for that GM role. And not the women best suited to be a female general manager, but the two pe- two of the people best suited for that role are those two. And it's uh, it's really cool to see, in my personal opinion. But we've only had four people, four women selected for that Raw women's team outside of Alexa Bliss. So the question is, is there a surprise coming on Sunday? Is Alexa Bliss going to be cleared? Or is the WWE just kind of hedging their bets, hoping that come Sunday we will get Alexa cleared last minute and throw her on the team? If not, there's a backup plan. And the backup plan could be a couple of things. Obviously, it could be a total surprise and, and catch us all off guard. That's always possible. I think the most likely thing, based on Raw, is that either Bailey or Sasha Banks joins the team. Maybe they're put on the team by Stephanie McMahon or something like that. And it forces these four women that beat her up to now coexist and create some conflict. And it could be interesting. Although, I don't know what Stephanie McMahon's motivation to put her on the team would be since Stephanie wants the team to win, and if you create conflict within the team, I don't know. The other thing you could do and make it easy is just throw either uh, Sarah or Liv from the Riot Squad uh, on that on that team. You know, just, just add another Riot Squad member alongside Ruby Riot to, you know, pan out your five and then have Alexa Bliss on the outside. Either way, that was 
one of the biggest kind of up-in-the-air things. What are they going to do without Alexa Bliss on the women's team? By the way, I support... At first, when I saw it, I was like, why are they making the Raw women's team all heels? But I support that they're doing that because they're going to make it an easier blow, I believe, when the SmackDown women's team beats them. Now, I don't think we know who's taking Charlotte's place on the SmackDown women's team. I don't think that was announced on SmackDown. If I missed it, I missed it. But I'm pretty sure that that was not announced. Let me see if uh, uh, my lineup on on Wikipedia has any uh, answers to to that question. Um, I don't think so. Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and TBA to be announced. So we'll see what happens with the women's team on SmackDown. But I still think that the raw, the story behind the Raw team is that they're setting up for the SmackDown women to be able to beat them and just have a little excuse built in so that neither women's team looks all that weak, which is what it is. Um, but that Alexa Bliss story is the smallest of three stories that have completely, two of which have completely blown up in the last, by the time you're hearing this, 48 hours or so. So let's talk about the end of Monday Night Raw. I'm sitting there, and all day on Tuesday, actually not all day on Tuesday, all morning and afternoon on Tuesday, before I read the information about Becky Lynch, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I've got this feeling. Like, every now and then, I watch somebody that is so good at what they do, that has become such a master of their craft, that, like, I get obsessed with it. I just start looking at it. I watch it over and over. I look at the nuance of it. I I, I find myself going, I just want to be a fly on the wall with this person. And there are a couple people in WWE world I felt that way about. I felt that way watching Triple H do what he does, especially around NXT shows. I'm like, I just want to be a fly on the wall and watch excellence at work. You know, I haven't been at the Performance Center when Shawn Michaels is there, but if what the Undisputed Era says is true, and I have no reason not to believe them, I'd probably get that same feeling. I got that feeling about Becky Lynch on Monday. And... That's not to say she wasn't excellent before, but over the last, I mean, since August, but it has really ramped up over the last month or two. She very well might be, and maybe I'm just buying into this whole the man thing, Becky Lynch is on her way to being the best wrestler in WWE. And when I say wrestler, I mean superstar in the sense that I'm not talking about just in-ring work and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about in-ring. I'm talking about on mic. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about, to me, the best superstars are the ones that make you feel. A good in-ring wrestling match is going to make you feel something. That's why those people are so good at what they do, not just because you're appreciating their athleticism, but because they make you feel something. You believe what's going on in the ring. Young Bucks, for instance, like no matter how ridiculous the stuff that they're doing is, even if you're sitting there going in real life, that could never happen, you know, the ridiculous super kicks and whatnot, the reason they're so successful is because they allow you to suspend disbelief because they're so good. Because you watch what's going on and you get sucked up into the story of what's happening. So they, you're almost transported into this world where all this stuff is possible. The same thing with any, any great movie. 
that isn't 100% based in reality. Cartoons. Toy Story. Toy Story. You're watching computer animated drawings of talking toys, and you expect us to feel some way about them emotionally. Do you know why we do? Because the writing is so good, because the acting is so good, because the characters are so good. So we get sucked into this thing, and we can now suspend disbelief long enough to get wrapped up into these stories. And Becky Lynch has got me to a point where I believe in this moment I would rather watch her on television than anybody else on the roster especially coming off of Raw. I mean, the ending to Raw, when she had her hands up in the air and she's bleeding and everybody's on her side and her story is true and real and relatable and believable. Come SmackDown, we all know she's going to be sitting on the shelf. But when she says, I'm going to kick Ronda Rousey's ass for the first time since Ronda Rousey has been in WWE... We believe her. There hasn't been, I don't think, one person that Ronda Rousey has had a match with that they go, I'm going to beat Ronda Rousey, and we believe them because Ronda Rousey comes in with the reputation that Ronda Rousey has. Becky Lynch, the character, the man, has made us believe that she can kick Ronda Rousey's ass, that Ronda Rousey is in trouble. I mean, I talked about it on X-Pac show this week, the idea that I came off of Raw going, that match has to close Survivor Series. Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch is the most anticipated, highly anticipated match for Survivor Series and the match that has to close that show because for the first time in Ronda Rousey's career, it could go either way. And I mean WWE career. It could go either way. You know, you could make arguments in Ronda Rousey's previous matches that, oh, maybe this person will win, maybe that person will win, maybe we'll get a disqualification. But for the first time, There is conversation being had that Becky Lynch should beat Ronda Rousey clean. That is huge and goes to what a performer Becky Lynch is. And I'm watching, and I saw the Blood from a Stone parody shirts that have Becky Lynch's face on it, and I love that. And I saw Becky 316 and all this stuff, and I love that. But Becky Lynch is not the female Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin was not the 90s Hulk Hogan. John Cena was not the 2000s, I guess, Hulk Hogan as well, or Stone Cold or whatever you want to say. Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan, and that's why he was so successful. Stone Cold was Stone Cold, and that's why he was so successful. You did not utter another man's name and couple it with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock You didn't sit there and be like, this is the 1999's version of superstar Billy Graham. You sat there and said, that's The Rock. You didn't look at The Undertaker and say, that's the whatever version of whatever. That's The Undertaker. Ric Flair stole Buddy Rogers' name and persona, the nature boy Ric Flair. And you didn't say that's the 80s Buddy Rogers. You said that's Ric Flair. Becky Lynch is not 2018's answer to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Becky Lynch is something we have never seen before in WWE. Male, female, whatever. Becky Lynch is a believable 2018 character. Becky Lynch is the reality entertainment hybrid that the WWE has been looking for for years. Becky Lynch is the superstar that you've been looking for for years. And, you know, you can try to call it all you want. 
and maybe I'm speaking in hyperbole because I got so psyched up watching Monday Night Raw. But for years, the women have talked about wanting to close WrestleMania. For years, the dream has been a women's match should close WrestleMania. And there is no woman on the roster that should close WrestleMania more than Becky Lynch right now. At all. Any other woman closing WrestleMania would be, this is a big moment because a woman is closing WrestleMania. Becky Lynch closing WrestleMania is Becky Lynch closing WrestleMania. The criticisms uh, of her using the phrase the man because it takes away from uh, the women's evolution is not true. It's not true at all. It's a genius move. To call yourself the man and to be a woman is to take that title away. The man had never had anything to do with gender. When Ric Flair said to be the man, you've got to beat the man. He wasn't saying, because I'd like to clarify that we're talking about the men's division, not the women's division. He was saying that because the man is the top person, not man. The man, the man is the top person in the company, in the industry, however you want to phrase it. If you go, well, I'm not the man, I'm the woman, that's fine. But that means that guy over there is still the man. Seth Rollins is still the man. Brock Lesnar is still the man. When Becky Lynch comes forward and says, I'm the man, it means I'm not the best woman on the roster. I'm the best on the roster. And based on what we've seen over the last couple months, based on what we saw on Monday, I dare you to deny it. I'll have the debate with you. She's the best. She's the man. Like, I'm going to watch that for a long time. I got goosebumps watching that. I, I, I can't tell you how much I loved the way she came across on Raw. And Becky Lynch is such a great example of somebody who is given a story and maybe is given a promo, maybe has scripted something for them, whatever it is. And she comes forward and she owns it. Because the Becky Lynch, you can go to my YouTube channel and see the interview I did with her on Sirius. You can listen to the interview I did with her on the podcast here a few weeks ago. The Becky Lynch that talked to me on this podcast. The Becky Lynch that talked to me on Sirius about her past. An interview that was not strictly wrestling. Is the same Becky Lynch that's on TV. And there's not television writers scripting her interviews that she's doing on Sirius XM. I was asking her about term papers she did in college, and the person that was telling me about the term papers that she did in college is the same person that's on TV saying she's going to kick Ronda Rousey's ass, and that's when you realize you've got lightning in a bottle because we believe both those people. I don't know where Rebecca Quinn begins and Becky Lynch ends, and we shouldn't. In the best places in the world, when, when Hulk Hogan was on top, nobody un, there was no Terry Bollea-Hulk Hogan separation. We didn't know anything about Steve Williams. All we ever saw was Steve Austin. And we certainly didn't know who this Dwayne Johnson Hollywood character was. We still don't know anything about this guy, Mark Calloway. It's The Undertaker who's The Undertaker who's The Undertaker. And Becky Lynch is in that category. She's she's incredible. And I was so upset to go from Raw... To right before SmackDown, when the news started coming out, that when Nia Jax hit her, you can see her, if you know, and they showed the clip many times, but you can see it online. Uh, when, when, when SmackDown invaded Raw on Monday, she gets in the ring, Nia Jax turns around, socks her, punches her in the face. 
Becky Lynch goes down. She really punched her. She hit her hard in the face, gave her a concussion, broke her nose. Her fist is all swelled up. She was tweeting about it. I think that we as wrestling fans need to immediately stop blaming wrestlers when accidents happen. Like, that's not our job. We as fans need to, if Sting's career ends after a buckle bomb and Sting says, I'm not mad at Seth Rollins, it's not up to us to say Seth Rollins is reckless. We've never been in a ring with him. We don't know if Seth Rollins is reckless or not. We don't know if accidents happen. That's one of those things. I think that fans should have opinions about what they see. Obviously, I have a whole podcast based on opinions. But there is no way that I can tell you, watching something on television, whether something is reckless or not. And I'm closer to it than a lot of people are. But I can't tell you that because that's something you can only really know if you've been in a ring. You know? The stuff that Daniel Bryan was doing to AJ Styles looks reckless to me. Picking somebody up by both arms and stomping him in the head, that looks reckless to me. But I'm not a wrestler. I'm the last professional broadcaster. I can tell you the tiny little nuances when somebody is not fit to be behind a microphone. But I'm going to trust the professionals to tell me the tiny little nuances when somebody is not fit to be inside of a squared circle. Uh, It's what happened with Brie Bella and Liv Morgan. For some reason... Brock Lesnar can drop one of the Singh brothers literally on his neck. Brock Lesnar could be the strongest person in WWE right now, maybe save for the big show, maybe. But Brock Lesnar, one of the strongest people in WWE right now, drops one of the Singh brothers on his neck, throws him up in the air, and drops him on his neck. Is Brock Lesnar reckless? Well, no, that's Brock Lesnar. Okay, if the Singh brother lives to tell to lives lives to 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 tell another story, to walk another day, then I guess Brock's not that reckless. Unless one of the Singh brothers goes, dude, that guy's reckless. I don't want to be in the ring with him. I'm going to trust him, or at least trust him enough to look into it. But I think it's totally unfair that there are people that are rallying around saying Nia Jax, ah, oh, she's reckless. She shouldn't have been doing this. She shouldn't have been doing that. Look. It's wrestling, man. Sometimes people get punched in the face. You know, it, it's, it's what happens on movie sets. You have coordinated stunt fights, and every now and then an elbow gets thrown. It happens, you know? If Becky Lynch comes on here and says to me, Sam, here's the issue. Uh, Nia Jax has, should not be in a ring. She's totally reckless. She should never have hit me like that. I'll go like, okay, I believe you, Becky, because you were there. But for people on Twitter to be rallying against Nia Jax now, like, come on, guys. This is like when people are the language police and we all get offended and we all get so upset about things. Like, there's, I get it because I'm upset that Becky Lynch is not going to be at Survivor Series as well. I'm upset that we're not going to see. I'm upset that we're not going to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. But just because you're upset doesn't mean you need to find somebody to blame. And that's what's going on with Nia Jax. People are upset. And they have all this emotion, and they have to put it somewhere. So they're putting it on the woman who, who broke Becky Lynch's face, I would presume by accident, Nia Jax. And I don't think it's fair. I, I just think it's something we should all break ourselves of the habit, except in extreme, extreme cases. But we should all break ourselves of the habit of deciding to call people reckless when we're all just fans. You know what I mean? And... You know, I, I think that the stuff Nia Jax has done is great, except punching Becky Lynch in the face and costing us a Ronda Rousey-Becky Lynch match. But just because we feel that way 
doesn't mean we need to find somebody to blame. So we move on to SmackDown. And a lot of people are talking about the segment on SmackDown for a lot of different reasons. So Becky Lynch comes out, um, and the whole women's roster is there. I'll tell you what I had a problem with. Some people, there were, there were a few things that people had problems with. A lot of people that I read, excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you. A lot of people had problems with the hug between Becky and Charlotte. And I'll talk about that in a moment. I didn't like that the women's roster was applauding Becky Lynch when she came out there. Because Becky stayed in character. Becky didn't thank the fans. I mean, she said thank you after all the cheers, but she didn't slap them five. She didn't get, she just came out to say, I'm going to kick Ronda Rousey's ass when I get back. In the meantime, I got to pick somebody else, right? So we're staying in character. This is the same Becky Lynch that's trashed all those women on Twitter. This is the same Becky Lynch that has asserted that she can kick all their asses. I don't think that they should be booing her, but I don't think that they should be applauding her. So when they were applauding her, I was like, what are we doing? Like, you know, if we want the women's division to be different, to be treated like the men's division, then you have to save your time for supporting each other to when it's really, really, really serious. If Becky Lynch is coming out there to announce her retirement from wrestling, then of course the women's and the men's roster should come together and applaud her and hug her and do the whole thing. But if she's just coming out to say, I'm not going to be at Survivor Series, I don't think the women should be applauding her and because of her performance because she said so many bad things about them, character-wise. Now, I didn't mind the hug, and I'll tell you why I didn't mind the hug. First of all, here's what I love too. I hope WWE was paying attention because there's no doubt WWE has paid attention to the response Becky Lynch has gotten. You know, WWE was criticized for not paying attention to the response that Roman Reigns got. You know, in the Attitude Era, a thing was it felt like WWE was riding the waves that the fans created and that that was kind of disappearing. There's no doubt in my mind that the WWE rode the fans' wave for this Becky Lynch thing. Now... I hope they continue to ride waves because when Becky Lynch was looking at each and every woman on the SmackDown women's roster, determining who was going to be the one to face Ronda Rousey, Charlotte got a lot of woos, but I don't think even Charlotte got the reaction that Asuka got. And she barely even stayed on Asuka. Becky Lynch was smart enough to know, I'm not going with Asuka. So the last thing that I need is to make a bunch of fans feel like, oh, maybe we're going to get Asuka. Like, we need to get past this. That was smart on Becky Lynch's part, but it did not curtail the sound at all. There was no doubt in that moment that the fans wanted Asuka to be the one to take on Ronda Rousey, which I don't think now is the time for that match because Asuka has simply not been put in a position on SmackDown to be one of the top women. Hopefully coming off of Survivor Series and going towards the Royal Rumble, she'll start to rise back to that place. Because I think a Becky versus Asuka match, a Ronda versus Asuka match, I'm just very, very high on Asuka. So I think that that WWE will hopefully, I, I, I think they should, is what I, what I meant to say, should listen to their audience and realize that there is a desire for Asuka to return to really what she was in NXT and on the main roster leading towards uh, WrestleMania. So, I thought that was great. I had no problem with the hug between Charlotte and Becky, and I'll tell you why. 
because it was clear to me, first of all, the commentators, Corey Graves, Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, they put over the fact that Charlotte and Becky, while they just got through their blood feud, are former best friends, right? So they they got over the fact that there is love between those two women, that, that those two women have this relationship. So I thought that that was vital to the fact that there was a hug because the idea is that even though they were just rivals, the foundation is in friendship. So I thought that that was well done. And I thought that what the hug was meant to do was let the fans know that Becky wants Charlotte to take on Ronda. So there was no doubt in my mind coming off of Raw. Number one, that Becky and Ronda should headline Survivor Series. But number two, that the Staples Center would be full of people cheering Becky Lynch. That Ronda Rousey was not going into that as the fan favorite. Say what you want. Maybe it'll be a bunch of millennial men in skinny jeans and avocado toast. Which, by the way, I think Ronda Rousey has to be a little careful being mean. Because she starts to skirt away from being a good guy a little bit. But um, I, I, I truly believe that, that Becky would have been the fan favorite going in to this match, that Becky would have been the one getting all the cheers. So the fact that the fans wanted to see the match that much, WWE was aware of it. And so they wanted Becky to embrace Charlotte so that the fans on some level could accept that even though they weren't getting the match they wanted to see, this is the match that the person they wanted to see wants to see. So that way Charlotte is not getting booed. Also, I don't think they wanted the whole Becky-Charlotte story. And the reason Becky got so popular in the beginning was based on the fact that Charlotte gets every opportunity she wants and Becky has to work for everything. So the idea that Becky goes away and now Charlotte gets another opportunity to have the Ronda Rousey match really works against Charlotte and works against people cheering for Charlotte. So the idea that Becky chose her and embraced her is letting people know that this isn't Charlotte getting another opportunity from the company. This isn't Charlotte being Roman Reigns. This is Charlotte getting an opportunity from her best friend, Becky. And so, and that's something that we can get behind and we can applaud as fans. So that's why, to me, I was okay uh, with the whole thing. You know, I, I get the criticism, but I was okay with it. And I'm going to be okay with the idea that as soon as Becky comes back, she can jump Charlotte. Dude, Rhonda going on, on, on Instagram and just completely taking a big dookie on Becky Lynch was amazing. She, she basically, after everything Becky Lynch said, she went out and said Becky Lynch wasn't tough enough and put this whole Instagram post out about the fact that, that she's not going to be able to show up and I broke your face and blah, 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 blah. And then Becky came back and said and brought up the UFC losses and how – you know, Becky's face got broken and she was back the next night and Rhonda had to disappear for a year and all this stuff. I, 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 I great. I, I, I love that they're continuing this. And I'll tell you this, long term, we have to have a Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch WrestleMania match. You got to get the title off of one of those people because one of those people has to win the Royal Rumble and one of those people has to have to change rosters. If it's me... I'm going to take the title off of Becky Lynch, okay? Here's what I do. I take the title off of Becky Lynch while she's out, 
okay? I keep her out for 30 days. Even if she only needs to be out for 15, I keep her out for 30 days. I take the title off of her, okay? I give the title opportunity to somebody else. And at TLC, we crown a new SmackDown Women's Champion, okay? Becky returns at the Royal Rumble. Imagine the ovation. Imagine if we don't see Becky again till the Royal Rumble. Becky returns at the Royal Rumble. She wins. Charlotte, maybe, is the SmackDown Women's Champion, right? Becky wins, and now she's got to look at Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. I can't call this thing. She's got a grudge against Charlotte because Charlotte once again took her spot. But guess what? We never got the Ronda match. And Becky goes, Charlotte, I'll be back for you. Ronda, I want you at WrestleMania. Dude, this can turn out really, really well. Now, we're getting the Charlotte-Ronda Rousey dream match at Survivor Series. And I'll tell you, I think it'll be a great match. I think it's a fine time to have it. And I think that this means you have to do the Becky-Ronda match at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. No Cyborg, no Charlotte rematch, no Paige Van Zandt, no anything. Becky, Ronda, Raw Women's Championship, WrestleMania, and I'm going to tell you this. You have a huge opportunity to close WrestleMania with that match. A huge opportunity to close WrestleMania with that match. Things could get very, very exciting. So, we move on from that to then turn around and see that AJ Styles, first of all, I just want to say Andrade Cien Almas should have been on that Survivor Series SmackDown tag team. Andrade Cien Almas, it's criminal the lack of what's happening with him on SmackDown right now. He's awesome. He's the best. Zelina Vega is as good a manager as exists in wrestling right now. Um, That's an act that should be everywhere. It should be having a high-profile spot on SmackDown every single week and, and really should be highlighted. Should be, they should be at Survivor Series. Um, so let's move on to the WWE, to the championship match now. Speaking of dream matches, we're actually getting it Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. Now, the question is Daniel Bryan wins the SmackDown WWE championship on SmackDown this week. I'm sitting there and I was questioning, you know, I read the internet or Wrestling Observer, whoever it was. Look, at this point, if the rumors don't come from Robbie Fox at Barstool, I don't believe him. But Robbie Fox, on the other hand, I trust him with my life at this point. I don't know. That kid's Twitter feed, for some reason, accuracy across the board. I have read that Daniel Bryan wanted a heel turn for a while, and they decided a week ago, and blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't, you know, I take everything I read with a grain of salt. Regardless of what I said earlier on this podcast, the internet is actually not always true. Um, but I sat there and I went, okay, so either they realize, either Daniel Bryan, either they decided to turn Daniel Bryan heel, um, and this was always part of the plan, or they realized they lost Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, the most anticipated match of the pay-per-view. So what are we going to do to make that up? What if not only we gave them Charlotte versus Ronda, we also gave them Brian versus Brock? That's how we make it up. The same way when we lost uh, The Shield and we lost Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, we said, okay, what if we bring back Kurt Angle for the first time and we give you AJ Styles versus Finn Balor? Okay, okay, bonus. 
You know, WWE likes to give extra value when they can't deliver on something. And they're certainly doing it here with Survivor Series. So that's a question uh, that I don't know the answer to. One day I'd like to ask Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, I'm super looking forward. I am more, I find myself more looking forward to Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar than AJ versus Brock. Although, AJ versus Brock was probably Brock's best match in at least the last 365 days, if not longer. So, I would have loved to see that match again just as much. But, the real question is Daniel Bryan's heel turn. Some people are upset about it. I'm not even sort of upset about it. Daniel Bryan, they're saying, but there's so much money in Daniel Bryan being a good guy. Daniel Bryan's done absolutely nothing since returning to WWE. That's, to me, Daniel Bryan returning to wrestling should be one of the biggest stories in of the year. And it was washed over. It was not the biggest match at WrestleMania, his return. Not even close. Um... You know, he he hasn't won any titles. He's had some great matches, but there hasn't been, you know, the the Miz Bryan story was cool, but aside from Miz and Daniel Bryan, he hasn't been involved in any major stories of note. So, and that's not just something that you can go like, "Okay, we haven't started it yet. Now let's kickstart it and let's go." But that does damage sometimes. You know, you condition your audience to care or not care about people. And when you're not doing enough with Daniel Bryan, you can't just all of a sudden make people care. Same thing when Shinsuke Nakamura turned heel. It made people care that didn't care about Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, I'm not saying it's justified that they care or not. I think everybody should be caring about Shinsuke and everybody should be caring about Bryan because these guys are amazing, amazing talents. But the fact is that the storyline didn't draw you in. And I think that Nakamura turning heel was the best thing you could have done for him. And I think Daniel Bryan being a heel champion is what Bryan needs right now. It kickstarts interest into that character. He doesn't have to stay a heel forever. I think he's going to be a good heel, though. And I think he's got motivation to be a heel, you know? Because the fans didn't help him at the end of the day. You know, the fans weren't there. The fans were cheering other people. What's stronger, the Yes movement or the Becky movement? I would say the Becky movement. That would make me pissed off if the Yes movement used to be the biggest thing ever. I would feel like the fans turned on me. I've got motivation now. Now, AJ Styles needs to start wearing a cup and stop getting kicked in the dick every other day because I don't understand. Every time somebody wants to be a villain, they just go and kick AJ Styles' dick off. And AJ's got to do something about that. He's either, maybe start wearing baggier clothes, maybe just wear like a, a you know, I don't know, like a, a catcher's a, a catcher's outfit, you know, where they cover their junk up. Because, you know, AJ gets kicked in the dick more than he gets kicked in the face. It can't be good. I'm glad AJ's already had his children because I don't think there's enough blue chew in the world to, kick, to, to help AJ's kicked in dick. Unfortunately for AJ Styles. People keep doing it. It's not fair. It's not right to AJ. But that's his weakness. His balls. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I'm I'm glad that Daniel Bryan's a heel. And I think that it's going to help the character. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. It's going to be a hell of a show. Thank you all for joining me. Maybe I'll do another bonus Survivor Series podcast. At this point, maybe if I have time over the weekend, I'll be on the NXT kickoff show for TakeOver. I'm sure I'll be doing something with Survivor Series. So if I have time, maybe I'll throw you a little extra audio or something like that. Don't forget to subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. Become a shill today, and we'll see you next week here on NotSamWrestling. Wrestling.
Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.